Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined as I always am. He's my bosom buddy. He's my booby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. You said another edition. I'm going to say the best. The best. This is going to be the best. All right. So one we've ever done. I feel like I I was taught a mentor once taught me that you set the bar low and then you you exceed the bar, mm. and then that's how you come out on top. Now, when you set the bar way up tippy top, mm-hmm. you're almost oh, so to slow down. I'm writing this down. Yeah, tippy okay. tippy top. Tippy top. Right. Started up there. Right. It's gonna be very hard to reach that bar because people now, everyone that just heard that, Bob. Right. They're expecting this to be the most transcendent podcast experience and they've ever had. Well, and you did this now, Bob. And it's me, too late. Call me naive, but I think it will be. And you know what? You're all welcome that we're doing this for you guys. I like it. Is that you're good doubling too? Doubling down. Doubling down. No, I think that's bad too. I think oh. you're, this is a really bad move, Bob, because I was excited about doing uh, the Eminem podcast, but now I'm just filled with dread and anxiety. Uh, I'm sorry, but WWMMD, what would Eminem do? He would fucking raise that bar and then exceed it. And that's what we're going to do in honor. And then make a gay panic of joke. Eminem. And then like have some very questionable things on an album 15 years And Elton years John later. come back, I stand with Eminem. That was a good call. <laughs> that was a good pull getting Elton John to be like, I'm with this guy. I stand with you. That's a good Elton John. Put me back in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> he was a blonde that didn't have to die for Elton John to want to sing with <laughs> or sing about. Uh, that's true, Bob. That's true. Guess what, Bob? Did some hmm. research about... Literally, I'd say 90 seconds before the podcast started. Sounds about right. And I found out something that is shocking to me, Bob. Now, we've done huge album, huge albums on this show. Of course. Uh, let's let's tick them off, Bob. Born in the USA. Cracked Rear View. Cracked Rear View. Jagged Little Pill. Jagged Little Pill. Okay, these are monster albums. Well, guess what, Bob? Are you aware that we are right now... By hitting the Marshall Mathers LP, released in May 2000, we are hitting the best-selling album of the 21st century. Whoa, I was not aware of that. What if I told you, Bob, that this album, the Marshall Mathers LP that we're about to talk about, has sold, according to Wikipedia, 35 million copies worldwide. I would be happy you did 90 seconds of research because that's a great nugget to know going into this episode. 35 million. And now I love to play this game because we did this um, on another show. I want to find now if they move 35 million units, okay? Yeah. Who is next to them? Who are their neighbors? Here we go. You ready? Yep. And a reminder. Wow. Thriller has really put some distance um, between the Eagles now. Good. Remember, it was the Eagles' greatest hits and Thriller. Yeah, they were always for a one long and two. Time. Yeah, uh, Thriller is up to forty-seven point three million. Yep. Eagles, which was the number one spot before Jackson died, forty-one point two million. Bob, who do the Eagles have to molest to get that number one slot? I mean, <laughs> but, come you know, on. We just, what? We just got you out of trouble, I'm, I'm Bob. Trying to help them. 
with, with those people. So you know what? Going back to how I started the show, I'm even more proud of myself for coming out hot, saying that this was going to be big. If for no other reason than oh. we're covering the biggest album. Vindicated. Me. Vindicated. Vindicated. I am happy. I am free. Name the uh, soundtrack. No. <laughs> what was that? Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. Oh, right. Dashboard right. Confessional. Vindicated. Wake <laughs> up, Bob. Sorry. Plug in. Sorry. Plug into Dashboard Confessional. Well, that's, that's a great start. Now I feel better. But keep the hits coming, Bob. This has to be the most important podcast ever. It will be. To make our fans happy, our fans who thank you for going to iTunes and reviewing us after the last episode where we read a couple of iTunes reviews. Uh, How did that go? I don't remember. Well, we had uh, after we were kind of digging in, we realized that the one-star reviews were funnier than the five-star reviews. So we asked people to give us five stars, but to say terrible things, a lot like what um, our friend John Gabris does. However... Uh, our fans really went for the jugular. Oh, really? Yeah, it kind of hurts a little bit. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if this is the right move. Really? They, 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 they hurt us. Well, let's see. Like, a couple... Uh, here, here's one. Five stars from uh, Shepherd Commander. Could be worse. So it's like, okay, that's kind of fun. Like, could be worse. That doesn't, that's not too cutting. Five stars. Here we go, though. They're so mediocre and unspectacular. <laughs> <laughs> That'll put this on in the background when I'm alone in my home, and it's yeah. almost like I'm hanging out with my own mediocre and unspectacular and aggressively normal friends. You know what, though? That is so <laughs> on point. I, it's not wrong, but that's why it cuts deep. That's our aesthetic. But that's why it, That's why it hurts. We're mediocre. <laughs> that's our whole thing. Another five-star review from uh, Icarus Thorpe. I watched Flock of Dudes. Bob <laughs> owes me the cost of my Hulu subscription for the month of June 2019. Thanks. Five stars. So, so I liked Flock of Dudes. I saw it a bunch of times. Well, I, apparently I owe this guy six bucks. I read the screenplay in multiple iterations. Um, I thought you did a nice job, Bob, in your directorial debut. Well, thank you, Dan. But And I, I will say that, that sir, he's right. Uh, it's, I think you should reimburse him. Icarus, uh, send me your uh, Venmo. I will Venmo you <laughs> your Hulu subscription for one month. Because you get residuals still, right? I do, yeah. So why don't you just kind of forward one of those residual check checks over to uh, Icarus? I was going to say, if everybody gave me five stars and demanded for their Hulu subscription back, I would send it to everybody using my residuals, but that would cover like six people. So um, I found, by the way, the company that the Marshall Mathers LP exists within. Okay, let's hear it. It's pretty interesting. Okay. Right underneath him is Madonna, like a virgin. Mm -hmm. Beneath that, Bon Jovi, Crossroad. Wow. The greatest hits album from uh, 93, 94, mm -hmm. which again, as we've talked about in this podcast, my favorite thing, it just makes me feel good. As like, any, it just feel it ticks a box of like OC, OCD, like when the greatest hit has a new song that they add and then yeah. that becomes the greatest hit, Yeah, which of course was... Always, right? Was that off Crossroads? Yeah. Okay. That was the single off Crossroads. That was big. And then, so that was underneath Marshall Mathers LP. And then uh, Adele, 25. I think that was the one with... Uh, Hello. Oh, yeah. yeah. all of them. They're short on their hair. Don't and, know that song. Was that, was that Blues Traveler? <laughs> and then Oasis, What's the Story? Morning Glory. There they are. So there's some research for you, Bob. How about right on the fly. <laughs> And just in case, Bob, you had forgotten. Oh, yeah. No, I never forgot. 
Remember the video that had Carlo Gugino in it? Uh-huh. Like a young Gugino. Yep. Am I saying your name properly? Gugino. Gugino. And then the guy that looked like Bon Jovi? Right. And he was like the obsessive boyfriend. He ripped up her art. That's then, right. Did he die at the end? I think so. This is... Um, what year was this? Uh, 1994. Wow. And, he, and you know what? God damn it. You, you know, a lot of people get on John Bond. Not me. But he had it locked and loaded, track four on the greatest hits. <laughs> he had Prayer, Keep the Faith, Someday I'll Be Saturday Night, which I think was a new song, too. Sounds right. Always, Wanted Dead or Alive, Lay Your Hands on Me, You Give Love a Bet. Should we do a Bon Jovi Should we just do right this? Now? Let's just do Crossroads. <laughs> All right, let's listen to this chorus. You ready? Yep. Thinking of some like hardcore dudes on Eight Mile that are plugging into this podcast <laughs> for the first time. Yep. Got him. Let's play the whole song. Bon Jovi is sneaky uh, awesome. <laughs> like I've I found myself playing Bon Jovi on the weekends and because I know my kids will like it. So old. Like my kids <laughs> like it because like you can just put on uh, You Give Love it's a Bad Day. It's inoffensive. Yes. Mainstream. Exactly. And uh, my son Dean will be like hard rock. Like, quote unquote. Who's this? I'll be like Dean this is also Bon Jovi. He's like he's really big. So I'm kind of like fucking with his perception of like what's good and what's bad. Mm. I've done a good job of like steering him to good music but I'm just going to throw Bon Jovi in the mix just to see what happens. You should have. You had an opportunity. Got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He hardcore lobbied to get in, right? And played the politics game and got in. You should have been there. Should have been there. Um, also, you should know, Bob. For the since we're going to do the album, maybe right now, um, the greatest hits called Crossroad. Above the Bon Jovi uh, logo on the album cover, it says 14 classic grooves." Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to leave that part out when I talk about Bon Jovi to my son. All right. Let's fast forward back to the year 2000. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, May 2000. May 23rd, 2000. I remember it like it was yesterday. Movies that came out in May 2000. Gladiator. It's Bat- fine. It's fine. It's good. It's a B-plus movie. Battlefield Earth. Funny. Funny. And Road Trip. Um, a, we, fant- a fantastically underrated movie. Well, people kind of forgot about it because it got wiped away by, I feel like old school kind of took its corner right. as like the college uh, guy comedy. Mm-hmm. And then old school had its corner taken by The Hangover. Also Todd, also Todd Phillips. Yeah. Hangover, yeah. Well, good for him. He's doing a nice job. Yeah. But old school, I remember we saw it in a packed theater. We did. And... Uh, it's quite good. Uh, Craig, Craig Kilborn gives a terrible performance in the film, as I recall, I, but otherwise very strong. I also remember leaving the theater a little disappointed because the third act kind of falls apart when you're watching it in the theater, but then rediscovering it on DVD and just quoting it ad nauseum for the next like five years. And if you don't know the movie, if you're younger and you're a Will Ferrell fan, you like Anchorman, that was the coming out party. Who doesn't know that? Come on. Some fucking assholes. I guess right. so. I don't know what they're talking about, bro. I guess so. He does sound like that. Somebody on 8 Mile. Uh, the day after this album came out, Dan, 50 Cent was shot nine times. Wow. I'm not saying those two things are related, but that is just a fact. Best thing that ever happened to him. Really was. Yeah. Aside from vitamin water. Those are the two best things to ever happen to yeah, him. Yeah, but none of that happens. I know, without getting shot get nine shot. times. That's true. Just think of the odds of getting shot nine times and not dying. 
Let's let's try it out. Maybe that's what this podcast needs is one of us to get shooting. shot nine times <laughs> to just really help the pod. I mean, he had to get I, – I, he probably got shot in the nuts or something, right? If he gets shot nine times – You think you're getting a nut? I think he got hit in the nuts. Probably. <laughs> just Maybe one nut dick. gone? Let's find out. Would you rather – all right, here's a question. Would you rather this, get shot in the dick or the nuts? Oh, the nuts. If, definitely. Like, if you had to pick one area in your, your seething man gash, you, you're taking – the nuts? Oh, I would lose a nut for nothing. Like, come on. It's not going to hurt that bad. The nuts, oh, they just kind know, of, man. they're hanging down there. You just get rid of a nut. All right. That's an easy one. You have one. kids too, so. Yeah, please take my nuts. Um, <laughs> oh the God. television. Did you get that procedure done yet? The, the you mean a vasectomy? Yeah. I've not gotten a vasectomy. Bob's, for the listeners, Bob's been going back and forth for what feels like years now. It's been years. No, literally years. Like you've had appointments. You've had the, yes. it's set for like the, scheduled for surgery. I, and I've, you just ghost it. I've had two pre-visits where a doctor has fondled my man gash for nothing. <laughs> for absolutely oh, nothing. For something. Well, I guess it was for a little something. Hey, you got to get it from somewhere. Am I, I right? I hey, might, being married stuff. Oh, <laughs> I might just keep on getting pre-procedures. Television that came out in May 2000. Uh, Survivor premiered, Dan. But And Keith and Deb Hans, as my parents, have watched every episode. Really? For 20 fucking years. Wow. Uh, a couple of big time TV shows ended that month. Dan Boy Meets World ended its seven season season run to uh, put Ben Savage on track to confront you at a bar <laughs> in West Hollywood over a Bruce Springsteen song on a jukebox. I won't so. say what what I believe Ben Savage was on that night. He was on cocaine, but he just seemed highly <laughs> agitated. He was most likely on cocaine and very extremely excitable. Very Alleg- upset about Bruce Springsteen and Le- the jukebox. He was allegedly most likely on cocaine. And again, anybody that's any of you millennials that put Boy Meets World in the same class as Saved by the Bell. Not even close. You can go like eat the biggest man gash. <laughs> Just eat it Turn all. Turn it into porridge. Put it in the Ooh, microwave more, for three minutes. More please. More please. <laughs> three minutes and eat that Just porridge of man gash. eat it. It's not even close. Come on. Insulting. Oh, Mr. Feeney. Fuck no, you, belding. Fuck you belding. Is it's where all it's about at. belding and screech. Come on. You fucking assholes. Uh, also that month, Dan, while we're <laughs> while we're in good moods, the WB uh, broadcasted the Are we still doing this? I want to because this was a big one. The season finale of Dawson's Creek Dawson, entitled Dawson, True Dawson. Love, which featured the first male gay kiss on US primetime television. Oh, it was that guy. Um was it Jack? I think his name was Jack. Jack and Andy McPhee? Well, Andy, undy, 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 undy. Let me do my Josh Jackson. Undy, undy, undy. That's I'm really good. Having sex with a substitute teacher. Still you know, good. Still he, good after all these years. I watched that um, When You See Me, I think it's called. It's that Netflix documentary about uh, the Central Park Oh, five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty sad and crazy, the documentary. But Joshua Jackson shows up as a, a public defender. He's fucking great. Wow. But his voice is so distinct to this day that... It, I think anybody our age, it takes you out of it a little bit. Yeah. Because he's like, well, everybody knows that we've been framed here. (laughs) And all you can think about is him just like laying the wood to Katie Holmes. Fuck. That impression is still on point. Thank you. All right. The number one alternative rock song this week or in May 2000. This was inescapable. Oh, Huge. And guess what? Loved it. Here we go. Well, I took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. I left my body lying somewhere in the sands of time. But I watched the world flow to the dark side of the moon. 
Oh yeah. Love America. I love the military. I love God. <laughs> I love the song. It does remind me because nobody knew that, but like four years later, they would have like a huge hit during the uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yeah, it was like George W's doing a good job. <laughs> that was. I think that was it. That was the name of the that song. That was either the lyrics or the context. Con- definitely context. Yeah, there were context clues in there for you. Don't listen to the left. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is great. I was we were still in college and uh, uh, I was in school at Baltimore. The power plant was like the downtown go out area and uh, they would have these concerts power plant live. Mm. And one night they had three doors down and Buck Cherry performing at the power plant. Buck Cherry is just they got in right before the Me Too movement. Yeah. (laughs) Wiped them away or having any chance. Yeah. And it was one of the like best rock out with your cock out nights that I've ever had at a free concert in what Baltimore. A night. What a night. Um, I always think of um, when I think of these songs in 2000, um, I think about when I first got to uh, Northeastern as a transfer student and I didn't have a lot of friends. So I watched a lot of the VH1 top 20 countdown mm-hmm. in my dorm room. And this song was huge all through the summer into the fall. And then there was one other song that I always connect, just like I always connect uh, Under the Bridge with November Rain, okay. I, I connect Kryptonite with this. Cut my life into yes. pieces. Yes. This is yes. my last resort. Yes. Suffocation, yeah. no breathing. Don't give a fuck <laughs> if I can't <laughs> This is my last resort. If you had to see, if you had to choose between seeing a... Three door, Doors Down concert tomorrow night or a Papa Roach concert. What would you choose? I bet you the Three Doors Down concert is better. Like, I think, like, musically, it might be more, more patriotic. Well, definitely, I love America, so I think that'd be good. Yeah. But I think Papa Roach would be funnier, so I might just go to Papa Roach. I think Papa Roach would be hilarious. I think it would be pretty funny. It's a good song. Used, used expertly in Silicon Valley. <laughs> Just tied to uh, that one douchey investor every time he pulls up in his car. Yes. He always... Uh, he always has an amazingly terrible song. He had this and then he had that live song. He had I Alone by Live. I Alone blasting out of his Lambo. That's excellent. All right. Let's get to it, Bob. Enough fucking around. Okay. 35 million people can't be wrong. I was one of them, Bob. Good. This might be the first rap album I ever bought. That makes sense. Real talk. Um, I might have had a Beastie Boys album, but that doesn't Very bold of you to wait until you were 20 years old to buy a rap album by a white guy. I know. And then I just realized Beastie Boys is the first one. Yeah, definitely. The first black artist that I uh, rap out. I I guess maybe Kanye. I don't really have like a deep collection of hip hop Mm -hmm. records, but uh, um, I don't see color, Bob. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. The Marshall Mathers LP. This is another public service announcement brought to you in part by Slim Shady. Slim Shady does not give a fuck what you think. If you don't like it, you can suck his fucking cock. 
Little did you know, upon purchasing this album, you million. just kissed his ass. Slim Shady is fed up with your shit, and he's going to kill you. Anything else? Yeah. Sue me. All right, that's how we start, Bob? Yes, it is. Public service announcement 2000. Again, this let's, is... Let's people, roll. People bought the album, so everyone heard that. Oh, yeah, it wasn't just finding your song on iTunes. You bought the whole damn album. When I was just a little baby boy, my mama used to tell me these crazy things. She used to tell me my daddy was an evil man. She used to tell me he hated me. But then I got a little bit older and I realized she was the crazy one. But there was nothing I could do or say to try to change it because that's just the way she was. They said I can't rap about being broke no more. They say I can't rap about coke no more. Ah! Slut, you think I won't choke no more till the vocal cords don't work in the throat no more? Ah! These motherfuckers are thinking I'm playing, thinking I'm saying this shit because I'm thinking it just to be saying it. Ah! Put your hands down, bitch. I ain't gonna shoot you. I'ma pull you to this bullet and put it through you. Ah! Shut up, slut. You're causing too much chaos. Just bend over and take it like a slut. Okay, ma? Oh, now he's raping his own mother, abusing a horse, snorting coke, and we gave him the Rolling Stone cover? You goddamn right, bitch. And I was too late. I'm triple platinum and tragedies happen in two states. I invented violence, you vile venomous, vile little bitches, bang, bike it in, ring, ring, how do we start how do we start with this um <laughs> it is a little shocking to hear it the, the the little distance i i don't remember the last time i've heard this album no me neither it's been a while i legitimately loved it uh i remember just blasting it and but it's it's fucking hardcore it was one of those albums where Wherever you were, somebody was like, oh, have you heard it? Well, you have to hear this this song. And they would like put a song on. Like everybody had it. Everybody wanted you to listen to a song. It was, I mean, it does not surprise me. It's one of the biggest albums we've ever done because everybody had this album. And everybody wanted to share it with everybody else. And so the first song after the first album came out, the real Slim Shady LP, which had a lot of crazy shit on it as well. Mm-hmm. Um the first song on the follow-up album, the most anticipated album of the year, starts with talking about raping his own mother. Yeah, and with the with the adorable chorus, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, I mean, look, if you're going to do it, just do it. Like, dive in. Like, I think that's the lesson learned here. Like, Eminem showed us who he was with his first album. And then in album two, he wasn't like, let's let's try to be a little more radio friendly. and Let's try to do different things here. He's like, no, let's fucking talk about raping mom. And killing people. Yeah, and he it worked. Seals in. And he, um, you know, he kind of shared a similar lane as like Marilyn Manson at the time and that type of scene where right. it's, you're trying to titillate and upset as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. But he, what, I guess what made him special is that he actually had the talent to pull it off. Right. Because everybody, he was accepted in hip hop culture too, which is not yeah. easy to do when you're like a five foot six white guy um yeah but you got dr dre vouching for you right that nothing was big. bigger than that and now every once in a while there's you know white rappers that do okay but um post malone comes to mind that dude um that played tommy lee in the netflix special machine, machine gun, gun kelly who yeah. actually had some type of lame-ass feud with eminem yeah, recently. yeah two whites just going at it but so now it's a little more um Accepted, but when Eminem came around, there was still the lingering, you know, Vanilla Ice. Oh yeah, haze, I remember when and the, it was just radioactive. When the first album came out, and uh, my roommate Alan bought it, 
I just assumed it was like, oh, this is another dumb CD that he bought because it's a white guy. And like, there's no way this is ever going to be a thing. Like, I just assumed based on him being a white rapper, it wasn't going to work because of Vanilla Ice. Right. I think Marky Mark had a hand in it as well. But Vanilla well, my, Ice. My roommate did own every Marky Mark album. So it all made every, sense. Well, he had every Shaq album too, right? He also had every Shaquille O'Neal album. What was wrong with Alan? Terrible taste in music. How did that happen to him? Like, how would, <laughs> like, how would he think that owning the entire discography of Marky Mark and Shaq, like, was he aware there was other music? Because then certainly he would say, oh, this clearly is not as good as these things that are better. I don't know how much he really liked music. I think he just kind of acquired things that he thought was interesting. But at least like our friend Mike that we talked about a few weeks back, he, yes, he would shave his body in the bathroom for an hour listening to jock jams. But at right. least it was just like a collection of <laughs> like popular dance music and yeah. rock music, like that made so he had bad taste, but it was kind of fun and cute. Right. Having every album released by Shaq is a whole different. That's situation. a whole different situation. All right, Bob. Now I wish we could build up to it a little bit more, but uh, listen, that's just the way the track is. The should second we, should, should we listen to a few more Bon Jovi songs? <laughs> just really. Let's build listen to "I'll Be Your Saturday Night." <laughs> okay. Um, the second song, Bob, is also I think most people agree. Eminem's peak and his masterwork. Mm-hmm. Let's listen. But you still ain't calling I left my cell, my pager, and my home phone at the bottom I sent two letters back in autumn You must not have got them There probably was a problem at the post office or something Sometimes I scribble the dresses too sloppy when I jot them But anyways, fuck it What's been up, man? How's your daughter? My girlfriend's pregnant too I'm about to be a father If I have a daughter, guess what I'ma call her? I'ma name her Bonnie I read about your Uncle Ronnie too, I'm sorry I had a friend kill himself over some bitch who didn't want him I know you probably hear this every day, but I'm your biggest fan. This is it. Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa. high points. Sawa. Is this Sawa's high point? Well, Final Destination 3 was pretty damn good stuff, but I think that uh, playing the playing Stan is probably pretty high. Was he the one in Mighty Ducks 3? I think he was in Mighty Ducks. Okay. He had a nice little run. A lot of high points. Remember when we first moved to Hollywood in 2008 and... Um, Banks was his name? The kid that played Banks. Gordon Banks? Uh, uh, yeah, the, yes. Willie Banks, I think the character's name No, was. it wasn't Willie. Damn it. Um, anyway. He was tending bar on um, on Quango, was it? Yeah. It was just kind of sad. Yeah. That happens a lot out here. I know, but like, especially for our age group, it was kind of sad. Anyway, uh, here it is, Bob. Stan... This was, do you remember what a big deal it was when this video came out, when this song became a single? Remember Carson Daly losing his mind on TRL, just 
setting it up like this is about to become one of the most important moments in the history of MTV. <laughs> like, no joke, that's how they were selling it. He nailed it. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't too far off. Like, people knew that this was going to be a tremendous hit, and it was. It was. And it was um, our introduction to Dido. Yes. I remember the first time hearing it, thought it was Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries. And I was like, oh, haven't heard her in a while. This is pretty awesome. Right. This is a big comeback song for her. Uh, but no, it was actually Dido who then had a hit in her own uh, in her own right using this is her song, mm-hmm. pulling out the sample and a full song around this was pretty popular as well. That became a cool hipster move a few years later. It's just like playing the Dido song without Eminem. Yeah, but uh, this is awesome. This is such a great song. It's it is so interesting, and uh, it does. We we could sit here and dissect it, but it's been done a million times. Right. But just the fact that. Uh, this, his storytelling ability is just incredible in this song and you just wouldn't expect it we knew he was talented and um, you know he, he liked to push buttons but then this came out and was like oh wait this guy is an artist of legit substance yeah he's not just trying to kill his ex-wife right now like he's telling a story yes uh, let's listen a little more I don't deserve it I know you got my last two letters I wrote the addresses on them perfect so this is my cassette I'm sending you I hope you hear it I'm in a car right now. I'm doing 90 on the freeway. Hey, Slim, I drink a fifth of vodka. You dare me to drive? You know the song by Phil Collins in the air of the night about that guy who could have saved that other guy from drowning but didn't? Then Phil saw it all, then at his show he found him? That's kind of how this is. You could have rescued me from drowning. Now it's too late. I'm on a thousand downers now. I'm drowsy. And all I wanted was a lousy letter of a call. I hope you know I ripped all of your pictures off the wall. I love you, Slim. We could have been together. Think about it. You ruined it now. I hope you can't sleep and you dream about it. And when you dream, I hope you can't sleep and you scream about it. I hope your conscience eats at you when you can't breathe without me. See, Slim? Shut up, bitch. I'm trying to talk. Hey, Slim. Still leads the L. Still leads the L at a woman at some point in the song. <laughs> it's a fucking crazy story. It's actually so good that listening to it now... You're still kind of on the edge of your seat listening to the story. It's just great storytelling. And then it has the twist ending. uh, And it was like a six and a half minute pop single that was just massive. Is it really that long? I never even thought about that. The album version uh, is, yeah, it's 6.45. Wow. Maybe they cut out like two minutes of uh, female torture to make a radio (laughs) single. But no matter what, uh, it's going to forever... Give us a complicated relationship with the word Stan. Yes. I've I mean, come it's back that, and forth on it now. It's that big yes. that it, it it's actually has its own term in pop culture for somebody that is obsessive as a fan. Uh, it was actually the third single released, Bob, uh, which is a little bit surprising. Um, but it um, the Dido song was Thank You. Remember Thank You? Mm-hmm. I'm going to thank you. Good falsetto. And uh, Rolling Stone ranks Stan at 296, Bob, in their 500 greatest songs of all time. Hmm. VH1 has a say, Bob. You used to work for VH1. Number 15 on the greatest hip-hop songs of all time. Well, when you're, when you're ranking hip-hop songs, you go to Video Hits 1 to make sure you know exactly what's what. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that your favorite Eminem song? No. Is it on this album? I think so. Yeah. Right, I think it is. Going. How many tracks are on this album? Because we are dealing Too with hip hop. So there's probably 32 tracks and four of them are 42 seconds long. There's some skits. That's all I'm going to say. There's some skits, yeah. Bob. And some of the skits, I'm going to say, may not have aged well. 
Let's start with Paul. Now, Paul, I love. This is a, a recurring character. It's his manager in real life. And he has a very um, adversarial relationship with his manager who's trying to keep Marshall Mathers on the right track, mm-hmm. a career track. And it's just a very, you know, highly fraught relationship. Let's check in with uh, the track after Stan. It's called Paul with parentheticals skit. Oh, good. Sam, what's going on? It's Paul. Um, Dre gave me a copy of the new album, and I just <sighs> fuck it. Good. Segs right into who knew. Oh, I love all these songs. Let's go. Did you have this album? I think Alan did. Wait, he had the Marshall Mather LP and Shaq Diesel? Yeah, and DMX and Everlast and then some other piece of shit album that he would go by. But he would there be nights at the dorm where you would like walk by his room and you could hear Shaq rapping? <laughs> or did he just have it in his collection? He just had it. By, by that point, uh, he just had it. I, but I think in high school, he like knew it and like listened to it. Anybody that's followed the NBA and then, you know, maybe watches TNT's um, basketball coverage in the present day knows that Shaq isn't like the best talker. Right. But he's an amazing rapper. Is the flow. On he's point. got flow. I remember one of his early singles was called Outstanding. And We're going to have to pull up a Shaq And it had a single. line that I used to quote because I thought it was so perfect. It was, I'm the best in any nation. I was born from my mother, but I'm God's creation. I'm outstanding. <laughs> That's Shaq right there. So who's bringing the guns in this country? I couldn't sneak a plastic pellet gun through customs over in London. And last week I seen this Schwarzenegger nigga movie where he's shooting all sorts of these motherfuckers with a Uzi. I see these three little kids up in the front row, screaming go with the 17 year old uncle. I'm like guidance. Ain't they got the same moms and dads who got mad when I asked if they like violence? And told me that my take So big theme of this album um, is the reaction to the first album and how he was you know, crucified on some level and seen as a horrible influence on the youth, which, you know, he probably was. Yeah, following in the footsteps of the Counting Crows, recovering the satellites, he probably listened to that. It was like, oh, it's cool in the second album to kind of reference the success that came from the first and how things are different now. So I think that right. uh, the Adam Duritz influence here is just yeah. obvious. Duritz was a little more abstract about it. Eminem <laughs> hit it more in a direct manner, but you know they're both... I would imagine there was you know some phone calls during the car. You would have to assume they talked often. <laughs> hey, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> and the Counting Crows guy is the one with the dreadlocks, not rapping. What's up, Adam? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got to let your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> what, is this one going to the stable? I might have to. <laughs> Listen, it's hard to become famous. <laughs> oh, wow. You nailed famous. <laughs> How am I only learning now that you do a good Adam Duritz? All of a sudden, everyone's calling you up. All right. There's a... Uh, how did we not know? I didn't even know I had I a Duritz until now. I never knew it was in you. This is incredible. <laughs> what a waste. These last 20 years, I should have known. All right. There is an album, Bob, that was re- released, God damn it, 1996. He was like still on the fucking magic. The best of Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Alan had that. For sure. <laughs> and track one, Bob. I'm outstanding. Yes. 
<laughs> How did you know that? Because <laughs> I know it. Some dudes from Detroit are going to beat us with pipes. I know. We, we deserve it. All right, here we go. I'm Outstanding, <laughs> track one, the best of Shaquille O'Neal. Only on the Throwback Podcast. I was born 3672, I think it's on the Wednesday. Hail to the moon, just like Kuta Ken. Tech, that means I'm blessed from the get-go. Moms, you never let go. Bad thanks for raising me right, bro. He gave me confidence to stop the nonsense. Didn't live in Bel-Air like the Fresh Prince. Times are hard, times are rough. Didn't have toys or rush toys, but I had enough. Love, plus the guidance from above. To go to the box, wet, push and shove. Maybe let me fall down. Is it going to get better? Could it? I do. I want to check in on track two because it's called "Shoot Pass Slam." <laughs> Word them up, Ken Dog and Shack Attack in the house for non-train, non-quad. Yo, we from Newark, so you know we represent. Yo, E, bring it in. Do you want me to shoot it? No. No. Yeah. Oh, slam, yeah. Right, I think we get it. I don't think we need any more than that. <laughs> It'd be really good if they got like uh, Phil Jackson to do the call <laughs> and answer that, the call and response. <laughs> oh, he was so good. You know what? A lot of people get to go to college and their roommates like, "Hey, man, let me turn you on to Pink Floyd," or "Hey, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard Zeppelin?" And then like you learn about this right. classic music. It's Not one me. Of the best things at college. Not yeah. me. Got to share a room with a guy who had every Shaquille O'Neal CD. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, another skit, Bob. This one called Steve Berman. Hey. hey, Em, what's up? Steve Berman, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good to see you again. What's up? Em, could you come in here and have a seat, please? Um, yeah, <laughs> Vanessa, shut the door. Okay. So what's up? How's orders looking for the first week? It would be better if you gave me nothing at all. This what? album is less than nothing. I can't sell this fucking record. What? Do you know what's happening to me out there? <laughs> what's the problem? Violet Brown told me to go fuck, fuck myself. myself. Who's Violet? Tower Records told me to shove this record up my ass. Do you know what it feels like to be told to have a record shoved up your ass? I'm going to lose my fucking job over this. Very Tarantino. Do you know why Dre's record was so successful? He's rapping about big screen TVs, blunts, 40s, and bitches. You're rapping about homosexuals and Vicodin. I I can't sell this shit. Either change the record or it's not coming out. Now get the fuck out of my office. What am I supposed to do? Now. All right, man, whatever. Which segs into the way I am. You know, I'm gonna skip over the skips about uh, the uh, skits. That I was are... gonna, I was gonna say we should have talked about this before the show. It's probably a good idea to skip over the skits. I don't think so though. With this album, I love the skits. Not that they're terrible, but it is like there's no way to just kind of cut them off halfway through. I think they tell, they help tell the story of what Marshall is trying to do. I guess. Right, I forgot. This was a single, I believe. Let's listen to the way I. Am. Oh, this definitely was, yeah. On this earth, this is birth. I've been cursed with this curse to just curse and just blurt, just berserk and bizarre shit that works and it sells and it helps and itself to relieve all this tension, dispensing these sentences, getting this stress that's been eating me recently off of this chest and I rest again peacefully. peacefully. But at least have the decency in you to leave me alone when you freak see me out in the streets when I'm eating or feeding my daughter to not come and speak to me. I don't know you and no, I don't owe you a motherfucking thing. I'm not Mr. Instinct, I'm not what your friends think. I'm not Mr. Friendly, I can be a prick if you tip me. My tank is on empty, no patience is in me. And if you offend me, I'm lifting you ten feet. 
angry Eminem. He doesn't race to the chorus. I've noticed in all these songs, it takes a little while to get there. Yeah. He's very yeah. good. A little absurd to say radio won't play his music. Which was a, yeah, the song was huge. <laughs> Uh, he's very good at doing the angry thing. Yeah, he's just snarling. It's yeah, great. He's just like exploding into the microphone with rage. Like, I think that's part of the reason why he he got over. Um, because it was it was authentic. This was not a Vanilla Ice situation. Right. It was not a product. Uh, they certainly packaged him and made him uh, really palatable uh, for you know the suburbs. Uh, or did they even do that? It's almost like he was so. This was such a loaded album, and he just hit at the right time. That even though it was like wildly inappropriate, mm-hmm. it didn't matter. It was just too good to be ignored. And it really didn't feel that inappropriate in 2000. Like listening to it in 2019, every time he says slut or every time he's overly aggressive, it's like, ooh, problematic. But in 2000, it was like, oh, that's fucked up. But that was it. Right. It was just kind of like, oh, man, he that was a fucked up song. And you just moved on from it. Um, IGN, Bob, praised the song. Eminem is an angry ass white boy. And the vitriol continues on the way I am. It's a good song. It holds up. Yeah. Well, I like this part. You'll get fired and dropped from my label. Let's stop with the fables. I'm not going to be able to top on my name. is pigeonholing to some poppy sensation that got me rotating. See, Bob, that's what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. What he's putting in this song, I won't top my last album. Right. Setting the bar low and then exploding over it like a pole vaulter. Mm. And look what happens. 35 million copies. What did we do? We basically said we're going to sell 35 million units. We're right. The equivalent of that. So let's do it. And right now we're coming in at like maybe 400,000 units. Yeah, it's not looking good so far. We're definitely not going to oversell. Uh, I like that single. One of my favorites. Because I will say, as big as, uh, as, big as a fan of as I was of the first two albums, I really uh, jumped quickly after this album. Because I think he just got... And this happens a lot. We saw it. We, you know, we did Born in the USA... By Springsteen, that album was so huge that he became deeply uncomfortable, like in his own skin. He just yeah. got too famous, and it led to a change in his music. Uh, I think Eminem, in the same way, you just there was no going back to who you were once you sell thirty-five million copies of an album. Yeah, and there's only so many ways you could sing about killing someone, right? How you know how many different names you have before it just kind of felt a little samey. Right. But to his credit, I think he went away and then he came back and he's had like a second act that has been incredible. Who? Eminem. I don't know. Incredible? Maybe not incredible, but like he's had some great songs, I think, in the uh, late 2000s. I don't know. I kind of hate all of his 2010 and beyond output. Mm. He had an album like five or six years ago where he sang like a Jamaican the whole time. He rapped like a Jamaican. That's weird. Can't, um, can't support that. All right. To, to that point, uh, trying to follow up a huge um, album and trying to either recreate yourself or stay true to yourself. This, this was the lead single on the album, Bob. And uh, as his career 
went on, he would try to replicate this as the mm -hmm. big out-of-the-box single with results getting shittier and shittier every subsequent album. Yeah. But uh, in this on this album, it was a perfect 10, and it got... It really made the album explode. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I feel like Distance Bob is going to make this song sound a lot better when we listen to it. That makes sense. It's been a while. Yeah. Act like you never seen a white person before Jaws all on the floor like Pam Like Tommy just burst in the door And started whooping her ass worse than before They first were divorced Sewing her over furniture It's the return of the Oh wait, no wait, you're kidding He didn't just say what I think he did, did he? And Dr. Dre said Nothing, you idiots Dr. Dre's dead He's locked in my basement Feminist women love Eminem Chicka, 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 slim shady I'm sick of him Look at him walking around Grabbing his you-know-what Flipping the you-know-who Yeah, but he's so cute, though Yeah, I probably got a couple of screws Up in my head loose But no worse than what's going on In your parents' bedrooms Sometimes I wanna get on TV And just let loose But can't But it's cool for Tom Green To hump a dead moose My bum is on your lips My bum is yes. on your lips Yes, yes, yes Give it a little kiss And that's the message That we deliver to little kids and Not rushing into chorus here either, bro It all ties Back to road trip, Tom Green reference. There it is. Yeah. They got the Discovery Channel. Don't they? We ain't nothing but mammals. Well, some of us cannibals who cut other people open like cantaloupes. But if we can hump dead animals and antelopes, then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope. But if you feel like I feel, I got the antidote. Women wave your pantyhose, sing the chorus, and it goes. I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just demonstrating. So won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Cause I'm Slim Shady, yes, I'm the real Shady. It's a great, great build, and then just like a monster hook. Yeah. And uh, this is just, you know, this is a huge single. This One is of the biggest song. This of the feel. This is the most college song we've listened to on the podcast. Like this makes me feel like I'm at Towson University in 2000 <laughs> more than anything else. It was. We kind of, um, with the exception of 9/11, which you know put it on the board. Uh, where was Marshall Mathers? Um, Wait a minute, you're putting Marshall Mathers I'm on the board? I'm just saying the board needs, he needs to be on the board. He does talk about killing people. Other than the 9-11 thing, we kind of were in a great college window. Four right. Four years with uh, pop culture. And we talked about the Yankees came within. Music was terrible. Music, our college music was terrible, but pop culture as a whole was pretty good. Um, yeah, and, uh, and Eminem was in the middle of everything mm -hmm. uh, at this time. Uh, yes, this is... A number one UK, UK song, Bob, also peaked at number four on the Hot 100 Billboard. I would have thought it would have been a number one song. I can't believe it wasn't. Wow. I'm very surprised to hear that. But uh, that's only Billboard. You mentioned Carson Daly, who is as responsible for this album being huge yeah. as anybody. Uh, this basically was one of those songs that would get retired on TRL. Remember yeah. they had the ceremonies? Yep, they had to. They also retired the Bum Bum song by Tom Green. Yes, that was a that was a deep uh, pop culture callback. Yes. In retrospect now, I forgot about the Bum Bum song. God, most people don't know who Tom Green is, let alone that he had a hit single called the Bum Bum song. And lost the ball. Lost callback. the ball, dated your girl Drew Barrymore. I know, that was... That was upsetting. <laughs> it doesn't all work out the way you want it to. Um, but, I mean, when he performed at the, was it the Video Music Awards or the Movie Awards? And he did the Slim Shady thing where everybody was dressed like him. 
Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That was huge. It was I, like one of like those iconic, one of those MTV iconic moments. Like when MTV was doing a lot of TV shows about MTV, they would always be like the number one moment. Eminem taking over Radio City Music Hall. Like it was huge for them. Um, I feel like he was too big to play the movie awards. Fuck the movie awards. It was probably the VMAs. It was all you would the assume. VMAs, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this was kind of, and he did kind of a little bit underrated, you know, or unknown at the time. Nobody really did it. He was kind of big on being funny, trying to be funny. He had more connective tissue to Weird Al Yankovic than people would. I think if you're a white rapper, you have to be funny. Hmm. Beastie Boys were funny. Eminem's funny. Or at least like ironic. You have to have a little bit of twist to your act. To yeah. Show you're not in on the joke because that, that's probably a little strong, but just kind of like, you know, able to poke. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to kind of twist that and try to turn it into something interesting. Little Dickie's funny. A lot of great white rappers. Dickie. Out there. What's Little Dickie up to? He's got a TV show coming out. I don't think he should have done that song with Chris Brown, though. That kind of little down on Little Dicky after he did that. Yeah, that wasn't of, great. Of all like the R and B singers, yeah, to say like I wish I could trade places and be this person. Not a great guy to kind of put yourself next to. My little dick, but I think that was the number one song. It was huge yeah. for him. He's got his own show coming out on FX. All right, so the real Slim Shady that uh, was, I would say that if you were Steve Berman and uh, Paul Rosenberg at the Inter- Interscope Records. That was like the gateway. That's that was the gateway drug for this album. Yeah, you Get knew right away. Kids. Like that's the single. Here we go. That was like the Marlboro Lights of uh, of this album. Get them in, and then once they do, just fuck up their minds with all this shit afterwards. Yeah, just throw some new ports in there. All right, coming up now, Bob. Remember me, featuring. Uh, to this point, there hasn't been any guests other than Dido. Uh, but now we have... Which, if you had that in your hip-hop pool, like how many... Who would guess on the Eminem <laughs> album, the first seven tracks? Dido. Right. Probably win some money. Uh, RBX and Sticky Fingers, Bob. Okay. Let's listen in. We're on the board. You'll be taunted, cause I grab the mic and get down like syndrome. I then roam into the mountains without... This feels like the classic song you put on after your first hit single where you're like, all right, regroup. Mm-hmm. Let them just soak in what had just happened. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move on to the next one. It's mid-album filler. That's classic. Classic. Mid-album filler. Let's move right on to I'm Back. Ooh, I know this one. That's why they call me Time. You never heard of a mind as perverted as mine. You better get rid of that nine. It ain't gonna help. What good's it gonna do against the man that strangles himself? I'm waiting for hell, like hell. Shit, I'm anxious as hell. Manson, you're safe in that cell. Be thankful it's jail. I used to be my mommy's little angel at 12. 13, I was putting shells in a gauge on the shelf. I used to get punked and bullied on my block till I cut a kitten's head off and stuck it in his kid's mailbox. I used to give a fuck. Now I can give a fuck less. What do I think of success? It sucks. Too much stress. I can see too the. So you have the first album. 
you know, you have your whole life to write your first album. It's a big hit. Mm-hmm. Second album, because the first was so big and it, was, it changed his life, there's a lot to dig into, as Duritz told him to do. Obviously. Um, so there's a lot of, to get off your chest. But after you do that album, then what do you talk about? Where do you go? I think that was the problem that Mr. Mathers had. Especially when your second album sells 35 million copies. Like, especially when it's that big and you kind of know you can do anything now. Like, right. what's where's the adversity now? Uh, I think it was like develop like crippling painkiller yeah. addiction. Your friend gets killed. Who got killed? A guy from D12. D12, yeah. You put out a bad album with D12. That had that one good song. Purple Hills. Purple Pills. Purple Pills. Yeah. Red and yellow, purple. I hills. like that song. That's a good song. Ooh, that's good. Um, not to be morbid, but that's really good. Two uh, thousands pop culture music trivia. Who was Eminem's friend from D twelve? Who was murdered? I don't have it. D twelve murder. <laughs> Wait, you're just googling Eminem. on the podcast now. That's terrible. <laughs> Proof. We are aggressively Proof, mediocre. Bob. Proof sounds right. You know, you should open your laptop up. No, you I don't. You could be helping. I'm trying to listen to the music and be in the moment. I'm trying to be in the moment, that, man. Well, I'm listening to the music. That's the worst impression you've done so far tonight. <laughs> I thought that was spot on. <laughs> All right, next up, Marshall Mathers. Is this kryptonite again? I know, I just don't <laughs> get it. Last year I was nobody. This year I'm selling records. Now everybody wants to come around like I owe them something. Fuck you want from me? Ten million dollars? Fuck out of here! You see, I'm just Marshall Mathers. Marshall Mathers. I'm just a regular guy. I don't know why all the fuss about me. Fuss about me. Nobody ever gave a fuck before. All they did was doubt me. It was doubt me. Now everybody wanna run their mouth and try to take shots at me. Take shots at me. Yo, you might see me talking. You might see me walking. You might see me walking in dead rot while a dog with his head chopped off in the park with a spike collar Hollering at him cause the son of a bitch won't quit barking Or leaning out a window with a cock shotgun Driving up the block in the car that they shot Pac in Looking for pigs, killers, dressing ridiculous This is a good um, change of pace song for the album It is, and musically it's interesting Like it's a lot different than everything so far Like It's almost like a Carlos Santana song that he's rapping over <laughs> It's true Should have done that this was right I'm in that wheelhouse they for did Santana. Not. Yeah. Um, oh, that's the other thing he did when he got bad. He started just rapping about his daughter growing up and stuff. And nobody wants to hear that, Marshall. Yeah. We want to hear about the daughter's dead mother in the trunk. That's what we're here for. But man, I don't think we did anymore, so that's the other problem. So it was tough. You kind of really... Yeah, you have to appreciate the success you have in the moment and know that there's nowhere left to go. That's fair. Dan, you have some interesting takes on the uh, the F word that he just muttered. Would you care to show those right now? I, I, I think that's the first F-word reference on this podcast. On Mike. I'm, I'm proud of you, Mike. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was a big deal. Um, because, it, again, because this album is so popular, 
the um, gay community got pretty fired up. And, and the and the LFO fans out there that he would sample. LFO catch a sniper fire in this. New kids on the block have a bunch of hits. I hope they get some residuals for that. Well, they didn't write the song, right? They just performed. I know, probably. Maybe. But that would be nice if they got a nice little residual check from. It would be. Well, there's only one LFO guy I left. I know, I know. I F's the only one around still. F's left. Funky. Funky's is the only still one still there. alive. <laughs> it's sad, Bob. So All where right. were you going before I, I derailed that with LFO? I don't know. The gay community was not happy. Oh, yeah, they were pissed because he kept on dropping the F-bomb. Yeah. And, and you that, know, this saying, man could deliver an F bomb and saying terrible things about his their entire community and wanting to beat them up and things like that. All right, and he um, he straight up bullied uh, Moby. Remember, he did. like he was bullying Moby around the stage. Moby was very popular at the time. He was ahead of his time bullying Moby. I know. I actually was waiting for Eminem to pipe up when uh, Moby had his Natalie Portman scan. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't. That was an opportunity for him. Moby writes a book about. I mean, first of all, Moby. Let's calm nobody down. Need, nobody needs your book, Moby. You know that was that was his second memoir. <laughs> oh no, Moby! You need two Moby, memoirs. Moby, come on! And in it, he talks about a brief, passionate romance with Natalie. Yeah, Portman. he says he dated Natalie Portman, and then she came out and basically just called him a creep in a statement. Yeah, and this is one of the most respected actresses in Hollywood, so it landed like a fucking anvil on his <laughs> legacy. <laughs> really, just. <laughs> Really just laid him out. Not only did she deny it, she also said, uh, you said I was 18, 18, I was 16 or 17 or whatever. Yeah. Or you said I was 20, I was 18. Was so just like, like yeah. I'm letting everyone know you're a fucking creep on top of it. Yes. And then Moby just scurried back under whatever Moby rock he, he Well, under. he tried to double down by putting up a picture of the two of them where he's not wearing a shirt and she looks uncomfortable. It's like, well, that's not helping, Moby. 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 Take the L. Um... There's a skit here, Bob. I think we could skip the skit this time. Please do. Uh, but there is a skit later that I want to check in on. Uh, how many How many songs do we have left? Too many. Because we are an hour into this episode. Well, this is important, Bob. <laughs> oh, this one. Okay. Yeah, this is important. Yeah. Oh, suck it. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, shaggy. Oh, this is why they call you too dope, ain't it? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. Oh, now give us something to Jay. Oh, violent Jay. Oh, don't bite it. Don't be violent with it. Oh, just suck it. Nice and slow. <laughs> That's funny. <yeah. laughs> don't be violent with it. Fuck suck yeah, it. you got... Oh, give it back to Shaggy. He was sucking it better. Oh, now say my name. Say my name. What? Oh, fuck you guys. Give me my dick back. Fuck you guys. If you want Eminem, you can have Eminem. Fuck you guys. I'm leaving. Damn. Nice going, Shaggy. <laughs> How happy must they have been listening to that every single time? Like when they recorded that. I just, I can't imagine how much fun they were having laughing at that. Yes. But can you imagine, no restraint at all to realize that people, can you imagine all the people in their cars, like trying to play Marshall Mathers LP and they're losing track of the tracks and all of a sudden that yeah. comes up? A lot of confused kids in the backseat. All right. Here's his, here's Eminem's best like club banger. Back when Mark Wahlberg was Marky Mark. 
how we used to make the party start. We used to mix in with Bacardi Dark, and when it kicks in, you can hardly talk. And by the sixth gen, you gon' probably crawl, and you'll be sick then, and you'll probably barf. And my prediction is you gon' probably fall, either somewhere in the lobby or the hallway wall. And everything's spinning, you're beginning to think women are swimming in pink linen again in the sink. Then in a couple of minutes, that bottle of Guinness is finished. You are now allowed to officially slap bitches. You have the right to remain violent and start wilding. Start a fight with the same guy that was smart iron. Get in your car, start it, and start driving over the island and cause a 42 car pileup. Earth calling, pilot to co-pilot, looking for life on this planet, sir. No sign of it. Drug ballad. I put it on a mixtape, I think, when we went to Wildwood or something in 2000. I remember. But where do we go? Where's the next? 2000 is that Ocean City? Ocean City, yes. Uh, I just think this is a great kind of like club song, which he doesn't have a lot of these. Yeah, this was my go-to like on Winamp for every party we had. Oh yeah, you can't lose. That was yeah. that was a perfect. It was, this like makes me think of college. Yes, like you can just put Same. this on a playlist. Yeah, it's so good. Um, going back to the previous skit, of course, that's the insane clown posse. More white rappers. Yes. Um, and they had like an ongoing feud that lasted years, I feel like. Way longer than it should have. Eminem should have just moved on pretty quickly after he just usurped them in person in uh, popularity. But he had to go back and keep fighting. He had to go after him. Uh, and he gets a little Mark Wahlberg shot in here. So, like, again, like, the starting this song, that awareness and that kind of winking of uh, that he's part of this world, whether he wants to be or not. So yeah. I'm just going to take my shots and... And basically try to um, go to war with every single white rapper in the game. Vanilla Ice takes fire earlier yeah. in this album. Um, drug Mo- bell. Like Mo- this one. Moby. Uh, yeah, me too. Moby. It's a good one. Remember when, um, at the, I think it was the VMAs also when uh, in, Insulted, uh, what was it? Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Uh-huh. Uh, made a joke uh, to Moby about Eminem. And then Eminem was sitting like two rows behind Moby. And they cut the camera over, and it was like Eminem and two of his like cronies. And who's the guy that plays Triumph? It's uh, Robert Smigel. Yeah, um, Eminem was like basically telling Robert Smigel he's going to beat the shit out of him yeah. if he didn't walk away from him <laughs> in that moment. I, I watched it on YouTube so much re- somewhat recently, and I um, highly recommend it if you want to go down memory lane. All right, next up, this is Amityville. Listen to a little bit of it. Oh, I remember this. This is a cool song. Along. gay stuff so he's dropping f-bombs all over the place um even in the big single marshall mathers lp makes some type of reference to a, a man and a man elope and then he has the sound effect Ugh. of him retching yeah and then uh because he hated insane clown posse 
the the thing that he could think of that would humiliate them the most was to have them in a, like a gay trice together. Yes. Um, with Ken Kenneth, who I don't know who that is. Um, so enter Elton John. <laughs> Elton John just coming down from the heavens to say to forgive him, like the Pope. <laughs> he just kind of like tapped him on the shoulder and said, "All's forgiven." On behalf of the gays. And the gays were like, whoa, 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 whoa. I know. <laughs> the gays were like, we did not authorize you to do this. Oh, I know you have not. It's been a while since Princess Di uh, left us and you had that heat. Yeah. I know you're looking for to stay in the limelight, no. but I mean, you got to get full gay sign off. No, Elton was like, when Freddie Mercury died, I became your leader. And this is, you cannot go against me now. <laughs> so he, he agrees to sing a duet of Stan at the Grammys in 2001. And uh, a lot of upset people. It was a. I remember the performance. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Uh, watch it on YouTube. Maybe we'll send it out on the Throwback uh, Podcast on Twitter. It's fucking great. And um, who really sells it is Elton John, who does a badass uh, piano twist on the song. He kills it. Check that out. And then the gays were like, "All right, Elton, we're just we're gonna give you a pass. You've been." You know, pretty brave, and you've had quite a career, and uh, you're a legend, so we're going to let you off the hook. Yeah, we'll let this one slide. We're not happy. <laughs> I believe that's how it went. But he had, that, he had that power, though. He was elected king of the gays. Uh, yeah, what up, Detroit? Queen of the gays. Nuh-uh, See, nuh-uh. See, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right, here we go. Bitch, please. Two. Featuring Dre. How much money did Dre make off Eminem? I don't know, but it's funny. Like, we're talking so much about the gay community being offended. How the next song is called Bitch, Please. And I don't remember, like, a single women's group really complaining. No. The, it was a different time. Definitely. All right, this was a single. Let's listen. Yeah, I feel like hip-hop, especially in light of the Me Too movement, has... And maybe the, the industry is different, but hasn't eaten enough shit about right. the lyrical content the toward women. The misogyny, which yeah, I guess you could look at like a lot of like the metal songs of the time as well. So it's not it's not just a rap thing, um, but it's pretty hardcore shit. Like Eminem killing his wife, the issue was mainly like, oh, the violence of it is pretty disturbing. It was never like. Also, the domestic abuse of it is pretty disturbing. Like, I know that was out there a little bit, but it wasn't as amplified as everything else. What happens if Marshall Mathers LP drops tomorrow? Like, what what happens? In a world where it comes out tomorrow? Yeah, like, what would happen? We would just shut down. Like, the world itself would shut down for a while. Would would there be a line drawn in the sand and it would be kind of... uh, I feel like it would be highly divisive. I feel like it would be huge, a a huge hip-hop album and big... Real hip hop fans would get it and support it and say we don't, we don't, you know, support the lyrics, but it's a great oh, piece right. of work. Tough to get behind. Uh, but the mainstream media would come out hard against him. I feel like he'd get killed. No, he would absolutely get killed. But not even any publicity is good publicity kind of way. No, like, like killed. Like, kind of like yeah. fuck up his career. Yes. Which it did basically the opposite uh, when in it came out in reality. Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. This is uh, Snoop's on this one. Well, is this Exhibit? This has yes! to be Exhibit. Love Exhibit. Oh, it's Nate. <laughs> what a great song. <laughs> Nate Dogg, the master of the hook. Rest in peace. A random gunshot. Yes. Yes. 
to make me bust this heat. The devil, they always want to change. Oh, yes, no. Big slim dog, 80 pound ball, thick six inch long. Back up in the easy baby. <laughs> it's about to lower it, but it's like, so crazy. You got me. Give me the mic, let me recite. Um, 80 pound balls, dick six inches long. <laughs> it's not that long a dick. It's no, nice it's thing. not. But the balls are so impressive, I understand why. You, you know, Marshall Eminem, he didn't have to go crazy with the gash length because no, the, balls the balls are so impressive. Yeah. Uh, hate dog, man. You know, of all the guys get popped by a stroke. In a I know, spot, yeah. That voice. What a shame. All right. We're coming near the end, Bob. Here is Kim. I don't imagine a song by Eminem released in oh, 2000 about his ex-wife, Kim. I think this is the one. Well. I think this is the one that's like the most fucked up song on the album, if I recall correctly. I mean, the previous album was the Bonnie and Clyde song. Right. His daughter's in the car while... The mother's in the trunk, right? Right. He had two trunk songs. He had Stan, of course. Oh, but Stan was the the crazed fan fan, reenacting Bonnie and Clyde. Right. It was kind of like the human Uh, centipede too. Right. To 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 Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, it was a little meta, yeah. Great chorus. A big hug. That was the hardest I've laughed in a long time. It's so fucked up. That is fucking bonkers. It's fucking bonkers. And the scream, the, what got me was the, the woman's scream. It's like a guy trying to scream like a woman, so it sounds ridiculous. Oh. Kim, this is from Wikipedia. Kim, the prequel to 97 Bonnie and Clyde, features Eminem, quote, screaming at his ex in an insane stream of consciousness sounds hate right. spew. That's, that's correct. Let's put this on the throwback podcast playlist. <laughs> it features the terrified shrieks of his wife, Kim. Oh my god, I forgot. Remember how the song ends, Bob? With murder? It ends with him going, Bleed, bitch, bleed! Oh my god. True story. Fucking crazy. Fucking insane. Um, so yeah, if, if everything we've listened to up until this point wouldn't have derailed his career if this came out in 2019 this would have done this it. would have done it. this could have done it maybe they would have um talked him into taking this off the album before release. you know what i would love to do i would love to do like one of those buzzfeed videos and play this for like gen oh, wires great. and just see how they react yes this was okay so just a little context though this is a little bit not tongue-in-cheek nothing like this song could be tongue 
deemed tongue-in-cheek. I mean, he didn't murder her, so I guess maybe it's a little right. tongue-in-cheek. But part of um, his aesthetic was this, like, it's called horrorcore. Like, mm-hmm. that was a whole rap, right, sub, right, right. you know, genre that he kind of came out of a little bit. Like, some of these stories you tell that obviously are nightmare domestic situations that he kind of digs into. And obviously, you know, finds some uh, a creative vein that he's explored throughout the first two albums. Uh, and the shock value, obviously, is of course. off the fucking charts. Yeah. So what he likes to do, which is, again, like titillate, he wants to, like, be a conversation maker and be somebody that's um, polarizing but dangerous-seeming. I get it. Most people wouldn't want to associate themselves with this. He said, fuck it. I want to bring the heat, basically. Yeah. God, so, I, I was just, yeah, I mean, it's insane. I was just thinking how, it's a six-minute song. This me. came out, well, it's not a song. It's a It's a murder. <laughs> We, this came out when we were 20 years old. I would love to hear the stories from like kids that were 14, 15 when this came out and they had the CD and they were playing it at home and their parents walked in on that. Oh, see, that's a whole different thing. That's a different world. I would love to know. Cause like for me, it was embarrassing when like come baby come came on <laughs> by K seven. It was like, Oh, what, 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 what's this? But like, what was the song you were talking about? Oh, we were just like recently. There was a song on, on the STP podcast, just a song where it's like right. moderation is masturbation, or where there's like a random fuck. You're afraid it would, the CD would be taken away. Yeah. yeah. Can you even imagine like a some housewife in Westchester or something walking in on you know if, Charlie, 14 years old? I know. I know you guys are out there. If you're a younger listener and that happened to you, please tell us the story. We want to hear it. <laughs> How far did your mother throw the CD when <laughs> yeah. she took it out of your player? What was therapy like for you? <laughs> All right, this is the penultimate track, Bob, Under the Influence, featuring D12, and most likely deceased rapper... Proof. Proof. R.I.P. My weed to hit your chest like a double barrel gauge. I'm a black grenade that'll blow up in your face with a fifth in me. When I guzzle in me, I do shit on purpose. You never nice, sounds good. I like it. Uh, the album closes out with Criminal. Was Eminem ever arrested? I don't know I think of. See, he kind of just, he was playing this game. He had issues with Kim in real life. Right. But it was more like about a very messy right. marriage and a divorce. And I think he got remarried and divorced again. Yep. Uh, and they had the daughter, of course. Yeah. Haley. Haley. Yeah. But I don't think he ever had like a domestic arrest or anything like maybe that. he did actually that's the one thing that i think could be what got him was around that time he got popped on a domestic I violence think maybe yeah he did that's something bob does check out. yeah that's so, something worth this is one of those Here, like, let's pump this up while you love okay because yeah. sometimes bob you throw things out there and then well i'm saying maybe it sound like it's public record i'm saying maybe then... this time i'm not flat out throwing out accusations there right. we go Like a dagger with a jagged edge It'll stab you in the head Whether you're a fag or less Not a homosex I'm mad for a trans vest Pants a dress Hate fags The answer's yes Homophobic Nah, you just heterophobic Staring in my jeans Watching my genitals bulging That's my motherfucking balls You better let go of them They belong in my scrotum You'll never get hold of them Hey, it's me, Versace Whoops, somebody shot me And I was just checking the mail Get it? Checking the mail? How many uh, records you I get it. Oh, no. I get it Second I get LP it. Send you directly to jail Cartman? That was a little South Park right there. Uh, he got arrested twice 
Uh, Bob. Yeah. Uh, hang on. Yes. Hang on. Vindicated. <laughs> there you go. Arrested twice in 2000 on gun charges in Michigan. Uh, also, in, at age 20, he was arrested for his involvement in a drive-by shooting with a paint gun. How do you like that? It all sounds right. Um, he got, oh. He also got arrested for assault after fighting with a man he saw kissing his estranged wife, Kim, outside of a club. He also got popped for brandishing a weapon during a parking lot beef with members of the rival rap outfit, Insane Clown Posse. How about that? Yeah, I mean, he was just a dirtbag in Detroit getting in trouble and getting arrested for these things. It makes sense. And you know what? He needed some arrests. Yeah, he did. He could not have a clean record. People would see through it. And, you know, the Vanilla Ice thing would come after him. And he was a legitimate, like, bad boy. Going back to 50 Cent, I was just thinking, like, if 50 Cent got shot four times, should have just been like, shoot me five more times. Like, nine sounds way more badass. How do you know that's not how it played out? Could have. I don't know. He's like, you know what? I'm not bleeding out. Uh, I think I'm going to survive I think this. I got my balls and dick. Maybe intact. they, like, pumped in. Imagine that conspiracy if they, if it was all, you know, like Jesse Smollett type thing. Yeah. And it just, like, shoot me in all non-vital right. areas yeah. until I just pass out and then run. And I, I just remembered going back to did he lose his dick and or balls. Tupac, when Tupac got shot, he lost a ball. Got shot right in the ball sack. Yep. Not in the dick, though. So it can happen. It happens. All right, Bob. Here we go. It's time to pick a song for the uh, Throwback Podcast playlist. Of which course. you could find where, Bob? On Spotify. And Apple Music. It's also on Apple Music, if Dan remembers to update it. You're relying on a man <laughs> who puts... Little to no effort into this podcast. Let's so see. let's see how up to date that playlist see is. If it's up to date right now. It's definitely not. Um, it is not up to date. Before, I, will get, I will get right on that, everybody. Not Spotify is the way to go. Uh, <laughs> before we pick our song, though, we want to say thank you to everybody. While you thank people, I'm going to update the Apple Music playlist. So lazy. You can't even thank do this you. when we're done recording. You're doing it mm-hmm. while we're still mm-hmm. recording. Go ahead and say thank you to people. I want to thank the uh, people on patreon.com slash throwback pod me too for keeping this afloat for as little as two dollars a month you guys are keeping this podcast alive you're keeping totally. my wife off my back to allow me to continue Saw your wife today to allow me to continue still got it she still got it allows me to come to <laughs> culver city to make this podcast um, but big thanks to our top tier sponsors bruno the sponsor she and of course courtney and wyatt um dan i need to address something very quickly yes uh in previous podcasts i've made a joke about um about Courtney spending Wyatt's money on this. Mm-hmm. And uh, upon listening to it, I was like, oh my God, that sounds really sexist. I should have a rap album like Eminem. But <laughs> it's actually a reference to something Courtney emailed me, so I'm not oh a God, sexist. No. It's uh, inside. You are sexist, actually. But separate of that, I'm yeah. not sexist in that regard. So thank you to Courtney and Wyatt. Thank you to everybody on Patreon. And Dan, are you done updating yet? Because I can just keep talking. It was this fire by Franz Ferdinand, right? I'm not telling you. It wasn't. No, it is now. <laughs> oh my God. What a Enjoy mess. The song. What a fucking mess. <laughs> uh, yes. No, Bob, I'm totally with you on the Patreonis because they are the lifeblood of this program. They keep it afloat. We've been doing this for two years and it's because of you guys um, propping us up. Yes. Not just financially, Bob. No, emotionally. Emotionally as well. Yes. So now we get to pick a song for the throwback podcast playlist. And I don't even know where to begin. I, I have thoughts. 
I think we could either do the insane clown posse fucking or the song <laughs> where his wife is murdered. Uh, what are I your have thoughts? thoughts? I have thoughts. Hit I me. think it's, um, I'm assuming this fire by Franz Ferdinand is the previous song. You're wrong. Oh, am I? Yeah, you're a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> well, tell me what it is. No, it informs what I'm going to select here. So you, you know have what? To. Check on Spotify. It's on the Spotify playlist. I don't have, I don't even have that. on my Subscribe. <laughs> Honestly, what is it? Though? Darts of pleasure. All right. I would have went with this fire, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't remember you said, being you said that. You said that on the episode. <laughs> All right. Darts of Pleasure, though. Upbeat, fun, like peppy uh, rock song. I want to keep kind of the party going. So I will nominate Bob uh, Drug Ballad. That's the right move. Let's do it. There we go. Love it. All right. Follow us on um, Twitter at ThrowbackPod, on Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Email us. Please email us. That's fun. People forget about email. People don't. Yeah. Come back. Come no, back it's fine. I mean, wh- why though? Just follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends about the podcast. Rate us on iTunes five stars. Don't you Say- miss getting emails from your friends? No. Do you? I do. A little bit? It just felt more personal. and it was- That's true. Uh, anyway, thethrowbackpod at Gmail. And uh, that's it. That's it. So we're gonna- you have to no, we're going to be gone for a bit. Yes, we are. So next week, it's the 4th of July. Oh, America. America. Love America. The week after that. How old is she now? She's pretty fucking old. Still got a great ass, though. We should kill her. Put her in the fucking (laughs) trunk. I'm sorry. This album's doing things to me. Um, So we're gone next week for the 4th of July. We're going to be gone the week after. We're both away. And then we are back on track. And we're going to drop when we come back two weeks in a row. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. Like, Like nothing happened. So don't give up on us, Dad. We're here for you. Uh, and we love you. Until, well, enjoy your fourth. If you're overseas, enjoy July the fourth. Yeah, it's a day for you guys too. And uh, we'll uh, catch you later. And like Joe. Shaquille, and like Shaquille O'Neal, I'm outstanding. Treat your girlfriend and wife well. And the gays. Can treat your woman and your wife well and the gays be our new sign off? (laughs) I think we nailed it. (laughs)